0: This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped just launched new products to keep you smelling amazing this holiday season, including their all-new ultra-premium body wash and a 2-in-1 shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give yourself or your loved ones the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and jingle balls this holiday season. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code LAZERTIME for 20% off, plus free shipping. Owen Wilson says, wow to war, Macaulay Culkin hates bees, and the artist keeps it quiet this week on 302010. 2010.
1: Shows and times associated videos 30 2010 30 2010 surprises and excitement yes we're going to the 90s and 2000s and 2010s i'm 30
0: 2010 ladies and gentlemen welcome to 302010, the laser time network's weekly pop culture time machine each week taking you back in time 30 20 and 10 years into the past of tv music movies video games and so much more hi I'm one of your hosts, Chris Santista. Who else is with me?
2: I'm Diana Goodman, and I am set adrift on Film Nerd Bliss. <laughs> Ooh,
3: it's me, Sarah.
0: Yeah, yeah, there is, um, following up on the Hugo conversation, another salute to the movies, yes. and then perhaps, in my opinion, the best ever movie about making a movie, documentary about making a movie. The best movie about making a movie is Ed Wood.
2: Fair. That's you,
0: fair. You see what I'm saying here. Uh, yeah. I, I, uh, There's a movie here I love dearly, and I'm glad Abed came correct on it so many years ago. I can't wait to talk about this week. Not as crazy. Uh, you're not going to hear uh, the same love I had last week for Adam's family and all that other junk. But so they, the millionaires tried to please us this week. <laughs> Hi. I Want to say once there's again, there's a
2: lot to like this week, though. Yes. I think we're n- it's almost an oops all recommendations.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, and I did want to thank
2: solid week.
0: I did want to thank our executive producer Austin Ellsbury, as well as many other fine people at patreoncom slash time supporting the entire Later time network. We're giving you a bunch of shows this week so you can have stuff to listen to on Thanksgiving. You'll have more shows than ever as we play catch up throughout the break because I'm not taking any time off. Haha. <laughs> How should we get started here? 302010. A journey across 3 decades, 1991, 2001 and 2011 is where we are right now in our 6th season. Listen wherever you like. It's basically it's just a show about weird dates and coincidences. And this week is November twenty sixth through December second. Is that does that place it on Black Friday? Are we starting on Black Friday. Perhaps. I didn't look that I up.
2: Think I think we had at least one Thanksgiving last week, mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. we have one this week. You know, it shifts around and stuff. But yeah. whatever, holiday season. It's extremely holiday season.
0: It is extremely holiday season.
3: Can't deny it. Mm -hmm. No. Nobody can yell at you for watching your Christmas movies now.
0: But uh, again, this will give you a look at, uh, I don't know, sort of how we progress as people and where you were when you weren't keeping track of things. I know I was at one of these films this week, crying my little boy eyes out. Um, Mm -hmm. And we also... Give you a little news to bring you into the world of 30 2010. Uh 1991 news, November 26th through December 2nd. Three weeks after the biggest car crash in the U.S., two, 214 cars with no fatalities. it's That was L.A. That had to have been L.A., right? Yeah, uh, it was
2: yeah. L.A., and this one is Central California. Mm-hmm. On, along the I-5, where it's really easy to space out and just forget what's going on, but it is the deadliest car crash in U.S. history. There's a big wow. dust storm in Central California, blocks the I-5 the day after Thanksgiving, so everyone's traveling. 104 car pile up with 17 fatalities. Jesus Christ.
0: Oh. I imagine
3: that's just like a bad visibility issue when right. you have like a pile up like that, you can't see ahead of you. And Exactly. But Ooh. it would also
0: suggest they found some way to deal with it unless this was just like a confluence of holiday traffic and a once-in-a-lifetime storm that... Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that probably. we
0: we live through the worst car crash fatality in US history and we haven't had anything like it in thirty years. I hope yeah. that means we figured it out.
3: There was a pretty severe a couple of years ago in Florida, there was one along I seventy five that was caused by smoke from like a nearby fire. Oh. And that was also pretty bad, a visibility issue and there was I don't know how many fatalities there were, but it was it was a pretty serious situation. This just <laughs> seems like one of those like freak things that you just it does. can't control for. It, it's yep. pretty it's
0: pretty shocking. Even on like highways and stuff, when an accident occurs, you know, the first people involved typically are the ones most harmed and everybody can kind of back off and mm-hmm. do light damage. So seventeen is insane. Mm-hmm. That that is like mm-hmm. if that were any other <laughs> it'd be like a national tragedy be marked every year with a, with a moment of silence, 17 people dying in one incident. Yeah. Um, Well,
2: I mean, it's kind of out towards the middle of nowhere. The I five is most of it through central California is completely straight and it featureless and everyone drives the speed limits like 75 now. And everyone drives 90 Mm -hmm. because it's so fucking boring. It will drive you insane. And so (laughs) people are all trying to haul ass to get out of the middle of nowhere especially day after Thanksgiving, you've got to get home. I got to do this, got to do that. And invisibility goes down. Everyone's going too fast and there's a lot of trucks Oof. and you can just run right. Yeah. I could see just do to do do. And then all of a sudden there's a fucking pile up in front of you. Now yeah. you've added to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I feel like I've seen something like that in the heavy snow, but still, not this kind of loss of yeah. life yeah. how do i transition i just I, I just was looking back at you know our charts and the news and this belongs in a bunch of other sections but i just thought it'd be funny before we mentioned the number one the movie the box office this week uh i thought it was interesting that murphy brown is the highest rated show other than 60 minutes which if you're looking at the television ratings for the 20 years from now 60 minutes is always number one
1: mm-hmm. by
0: a long shot But Murphy Brown is number one, beating out Roseanne, your Seinfelds. I remembered it being a juggernaut. I just, this has to be a high point. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm -hmm. I also thought. Yeah,
2: well, she's about to get into a fight with the vice president, I think so. I was going to say, have we covered that yet? (laughs) Or have we covered it? I don't think, I don't think we have yet. Mm -hmm. I think it might be the end of this season. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. It's leading up to something. And uh, I did think it was both funny and interesting seeing taste shift as we do the show. That Michael Jackson released a new album last week, but he can't get to number one because two Guns N' Roses albums are in the way, and that is where people's tastes are. It is, it is. I, if you wanted to look for signs of the death of the '80s, it's Guns N' Roses beating Michael Jackson on the charts. <laughs> uh, I still think that's insane, and I think I was reading somewhere that Guns N' Roses is still generating like more revenue than some countries, and I just don't understand it. I just don't wow. get it at all. Uh, Guns N' Roses. Is- if I hear it, I leave the room. Turn off the radio. Oh, yeah. Take the movie out. Yeah, I, I just, it, there's oh, some, there's yeah. some deeper songs I don't mind hearing, but dude, I never want to hear "Welcome to Jungle," "Sweet Child of <laughs> Mine" ever, ever, ever again. If you play it in front of me, you're not my friend.
3: It's also crazy considering Michael Jackson we just covered had like a culture smashing music video and song that just came out that. Yeah was a news event and the fact that he still is being out. And that's what the music video is for to
0: promote the sales of this album. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. remember a bunch of people talking about the video, but there weren't mm-hmm. a, pe- a lot of people excited about the music, um, but we would mm-hmm. go on to hear it anyway. And I also yeah. remember not getting this album for a while. Cause remember you used to be able to get like new releases cheaper or you could wait and like albums would go down to like 11. I remember dangerous was like 1799 from the beginning and stayed that way for two years. So with your little kid like saving up your allowance for a month to buy one album, like you gotta wait, Michael. You're charging too much. There's too much <laughs> well, on this album. You
3: gotta pay for all that fancy cover art.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I cover up the
3: design of that
0: <laughs> fancy it's... cover ups. But uh, a <laughs> no, <not too>. well, <laughs> lot of security thanks. people to pay off and families to buy homes for to keep <laughs> their mouths shut. Anywho, moving into movies, and on that note, Adam's family is number one of the box office again. Which again is just kind of surreal. I, I, our our generation. Loves the Adam Family because of these movies, but it's t- a movie remake of a television show usually doesn't do this well.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember Beauty and the Beast is out.
0: Yeah, hasn't crept to number one yet. It's beating up Beauty and the Beast. Yep. <laughs> oh man, I thought I was glancing the list and like I watched this last year. I don't need to check this out again. I watched Maniac Cop. Samurai um, Cop is out this week, both with Robert Zadar and not both with Matthew karatis and janice farley um this movie is now famous for something else
2: (laughs) yeah so this is beloved in a lot of bad movie circles because it is astronomically terrible it is what it says on the label it's about a cop who's also a samurai who goes undercover to stop a japanese gang called the katana (laughs) Uh and it is really cheaply made it is badly shot it is badly acted it is badly edited and it has inexplicable scenes like when this horny nurse just starts hitting on this guy Yeah, and this is in the weirdest way possible if you
0: don't recognize the meme it's from samurai cop
2: Peace. thanks nurse do you like what you see
0: i love what i see
1: would you like to touch what you see
2: yes yes i would
1: would you like to go out with me?
2: Uh, yes, I would.
1: <laughs> would you like to fuck me?
2: <gasps> Bingo.
1: Well, then, let's see what you've got. Doesn't interest me. Nothing there.
0: Nothing there? <laughs> Just exactly what would interest you? Something the size of a jumbo jet?
1: Have you been circumcised?
0: Oh my god! <laughs> it's the funny part is the cutaway to his partner, which is yeah. he's always he's like looking right in the. Ca- he's Debbie Downering with different emotions, in, like straight into the camera the whole time. It's great. I've seen gifs and memes of this guy the entire time. Fuck the white dude in the scene. It's all about the black dude in the scene. He's the greatest. Um, oh, but
2: he doesn't have that magnificent feathered hair. Yeah, I mean, oh it's my. like it's like four Fabio's worth of hair.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's,
2: it's a beautiful mane.
0: Yeah, you can see the ozone like crumbling above his head, like pink pin everywhere he goes because <laughs> that magnificent hair. And then hard pivot. Um, we got another movie to talk about. I remember being a little kid clearly, and like. There's no way in hell I'm seeing this. And I said it again this week. Iyer Gross, George Siegel, James Caan, Bette Midler, for the boys. What a song, honey, before we all get arrested.
1: There's only one thing I like to do in the dark, honey, and it ain't sing.
0: They always battled.
2: Oh, I think it's not a sex problem with you. I think it's a hearing problem. But they always made peace. Two hours along
1: with you, that boy deserves a purple heart.
2: Well, it was purple, all right, but I don't think it was his heart.
1: Whenever we went to war. We got-
0: Bette Midler, James Gone for the Boys, Rated R. Four the Boys. Let's hear it for them. Uh, that yes. song is not affiliated with this. They're movie. back in town. I, yeah, my grandmother and uh, every gay member of my family was in on this. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, not
3: for I long. loved this when I was a little kid. Really? Oh yeah. Is this? Weird? I loved Bette Midler though when I was little. I mean, I still do. She's amazing. You really have to love Bette Midler to watch
2: this movie because it <laughs> yep. is just such a showcase for her. My god mm-hmm. the comedy the singing the acting the drama the tears the laughter <sighs> the
1: patriotism
0: <Kind> of
2: <laughs> it's a little exhausting honestly but it's about Bette miller and james khan are like a comedy music duo and it's about all the uso tours that they go on first mm-hmm. world war ii then korea vietnam as they age and the drama and the heartache and the, and the this and the that and like it is real sappy oh yeah
3: i mean it's bet miller though that's it's, when you uh, say yeah. it's a little exhausting, that is not an unfair criticism of her whole deal. Yeah, but that, but, it, it, <laughs> but it, it, that's
1: okay.
0: Also, I mean, in that it, it's I've loved it's it's not like anything that's else cool. released this week or last. Why not? Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't it bet. Mid- like Midler have, have a movie. Bet Midler gets a, a movie like every eight years. Why not?
3: Yeah. <laughs> it probably could have been a TV movie. Yeah, I bet. Mm. Or it could it yeah. could have been a, a Hallmark
0: Channel about. event? Yeah,
3: It feels a little bit more like that. But yeah, I love her so much yeah she's a lot of fun in this i mm-hmm. mean a lot of the
2: scenes the songs are great and you know she, and she and james Conn actually have a, a lot of good comedy timing together and mm-hmm. overall it, yeah it's fun but if you're just sort of meh on bet midler i don't know I if this is not for you <laughs> uh, it's not going to sell you on her i don't i don't think
3: yeah i do kind of wish that this movie was still called for the boys but actually was about her start of her career singing for men in bathhouses because That's Ooh. how Bat Midler really started her.
0: <laughs> gained her, her fan base. <laughs> life.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh
0: and uh, this movie was not very yeah, well received. Also,
2: yeah, Well, I, I like to think of it now as what is it, Barstool sports was like, what's Saturday night for? It's for the boys. And there's like videos of people saying that over and over, and it's like, please someone recut it. So it's like, what's your favorite Bat Midler movie? It's for the, the boys. boys.
0: And then Top Gun Volleyball sequence for the boys. Okay, see, I, I didn't wanna I didn't want to play too macho here. Um, Because the next movie we're talking about, I recall, as the first time kids who have stopped crying could admit to crying at a story. Much like, at the time, it was all about slumber parties and horror movies, but this movie came out and everyone's like, it is so fucking sad. Mm -hmm. And and it's much less sad to me now, but I, I remember the feeling of seeing this, like a character... A person I thought I knew and was a friend of mine. Uh, Oh, oh boy.
2: The marketing on this is not going to help. It's going to make it so much worse. (laughs) Because it's just all about, like, your favorite best friend from the movies is back. And he's brought a a new buddy, too. And you're all going to be friends forever.
0: Aren't you hankering (laughs) for some more Home Alone? Well, we got your fix. Griffin Dunn, Jamie Lee Curtis, Dan Aykroyd, Macaulay Culkin, Anna Klumski? I, I never know if I'm saying her name right. Love to run Veep. It's my girl. The holidays have begun. And so has the fun. Fly ball. Because Mac. Wait up for me. Is back.
1: Wow. It's... Oh, no. Ah. With a new friend. Beta something I like my name.
0: In a new adventure. Hunt for your life. Facing a whole new challenge.
1: Have you ever kissed anyone?
0: No. My girl.
1: Better not tell
0: but not either rated dg oh my god i forgot it's like mac is back
3: wow.
0: holy mm-hmm. shit i i mean i this burned into my brain that's why we all went to go see this movie but it, that it
3: be- advertising is bordering on cruel honestly yeah
0: it is but it, it works because <laughs> this is still one of the most bizarre movies in history to ever get a sequel because yeah. so many people saw it because like all this is is a semi it would have been a semi forgettable nostalgic remember when things were great the 50s or the 60s or whatever my parents grew up Yeah, it, no. it, it would have been Yeah
2: it's it's like wonder years the movie for yeah. girls
0: Yes yeah. and, and yeah. it's 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 charming but it's nothing special until the end which is marketed at kids like that was a huge I remember like Bridge to Terabithia was like the first Book mm-hmm. I had read where like they killed one of the main characters, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if you you have people have to know where we're going with this, right? I'm trying not to spoil my girl for fuck's sake. Right. Yeah. Um,
2: Several generations are now very well aware of the dangers of bee stings. Yes. Yes.
0: There were just Absolutely. too many vader. There were just too I many. I
3: think <laughs> there's just something about this movie too. For a lot of children in my generation, this movie taught you about grief. This yeah. is mm. your first really. Your first real depiction of that on screen that was accessible to children in a way, yeah, and kind of showed what it's like for a kid to process grief. I think Anna Trumpsky huh. is such a great actress. She's and she awesome. Kind of disappeared for a little while until we saw her again on Veep. I think that was um,
0: self-imposed, but yeah, she like. Yeah, she,
3: she, I'm sure she. It's she's probably like really cool and went to a she's great college. Really Atlanta good on and Veep. Then decided to come back. Yeah, wonderful she's intensity. In Veep. But, yes, I mean, this movie, I think, taught a lot of kids about grief. And I think also for a lot of children, potentially myself included, kind of the first time that you acknowledge, like, little kids die. Yeah. Mm. Like, I think for a lot of people, when you're young, you think you get old and you die, and old people die, and young kids are kids. And the fact that sometimes children die in a way that is senseless. Aren't aren't
0: invincible, no matter how much you get hurt. yeah, Yeah,
3: it's not their fault, and they just... Sometimes just bad, tragic things happen. That is also a big lesson for a lot of children who saw this movie during this time period. And I wow, think yeah. it does a very good job with it. Yeah, I- that
0: that's the only part I think is like, makes it stand the test of time. The rest of it mm-hmm. is just kind of, this is all fun. What what whimsy. And mm-hmm. then like, yeah. oh, fuck, this is, this is something I've never seen a movie cover that's marketed mm-hmm. to me as a 10-year-old.
2: Yeah, it also covers some other stuff of like, you know, her dad is Dan Aykroyd, who uh, right. her mom passed away just after childbirth. And so he's sort of like getting in, getting his life back and, you know, starting to like maybe date and stuff. And that's something that plenty of kids deal with, like a divorced parent. Mm-hmm dating again and how do they feel about it like it was just us two and now you're off like finding somebody else what the fuck yeah And like she gets a crush on a teacher i knew you had
0: a crush in your trading spaces co-star
2: so as a coming of age film i think it's really really well done but then it's just got this extra element of like oh my god macaulay culkin is in a coffin
0: yeah Yeah. it's it's it's, it's fucking
3: without his glasses even even
0: now that part is you know i wasn't like super moved by the rest of it. Like, it's kind of cute, but like that was brutal. (laughs) It it remains brutal. It's on Netflix. You can judge it for yourself. My girl.
3: I also have to say, I love Jamie Lee Curtis in this role. She's always stuck out to me as just what a great, sweet role for her. And also really love the idea of seeing this new person in her dad's life. And she's not an evil stepmother. She's, she really (laughs) just wants to be there, you know, for this little girl. And that's a nice, Different way than you per- see a lot of things being portrayed for kids. usually an evil yeah. step-parent. So
0: For your little bit of trivia, if you see a movie and it's named after a nostalgic song, you know the title was changed because they can't figure it out. So let's name it something you could name every movie. This movie was originally titled Born Jaundiced. <laughs> <laughs> Born, yes, <laughs> Born what? Jaundiced. Oh uh, my <laughs> gosh,
3: that's right. That is part of someone's story. Is, is it Macaulay Culkin? Yes. Talks about that. Thomas J.
0: The sickly little lad who's yeah. allergic to everything. First
3: time I learned about jaundice, too, actually, yeah. it was on this movie.
0: Yeah, but, but but My Girl, this is one of those films, if you were alive and a child, you were affected by it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and I rewatched it, and I was like, mm-hmm. this is better than I remember. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I only remembered a couple little bits here and there, and it's like, overall, this is a really good coming-of-age movie that does cover some heavy stuff, but also is a lot of fun. But not,
3: yeah. like, too light
0: and not right. too sappy
3: it, it hits a perfect balance who's the yeah. director did they do anything else
0: um howard zeef is the hmm. director
3: it's just curious to have a movie that 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 is this good especially a family movie and maybe it the, being like a one-off or the, something the
0: dream team yeah. i like that movie
3: freaking private benjamin private nice
2: benjamin. oh uh, no it looks like he retired after my girl too because of health Park- issues
0: parkinson's uh. baby
3: yeah oh. and he passed away Mm. I liked my girl too a lot as well.
0: I, I I think just we didn't we rarely had HBO, but when we did, you could watch my girl one or two twice in a day. They would play Truly. this movie fucking constantly. Truly, uh,
3: definitely I, my girl too. I saw that a ton one summer. Yeah, with, with Last Action House.
0: Hero kid. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin did not come back for that one. Not even for mm-hmm. a dream cameo. Unbelievable. And that closed out uh, the director's career, the micro-sequel, uh, three yeah. years later. And then uh, oh, on to one of my favorite movies ever. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. Who is in this? Why a ton of people? <laughs> even Harvey Keitel for a little bit. Uh,
2: uh, Martin Sheen, John Milius, Frederick Forrest, Francis Ford Coppola, Sofia Coppola, age four.
0: George Lucas. This movie is insane you have to see it to believe it I don't care if you ever watch Apocalypse Now watch a film, uh, Hearts of Darkness a filmmaker's apocalypse I would have done anything he had convinced me that this was the first
1: film that would win a Nobel Prize you know it was like you were in a dream or something you know it's a scenes unknown on the call sheet he just would show up you know he didn't know what they were going to do I was not in
2: the greatest of uh, shape, you know, as far as, like, uh, my career was concerned. And it was delightful to hear that I was going to go do anything, anywhere. Yeah, but are they
1: seriously saying that Marlon would take a million dollars and then not show up? I swallowed a book. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's not in the cards that we're not going to finish the movie. Th-
0: this this movie is unbelievable. Unbelievable. It is That's unbelievable.
3: So- I love it yep. so much.
0: Yeah, we did, yes. a, a, Sarah and I did a... Blazer time about the best making of documentaries, and mm-hmm. if you liked Lost Souls, the uh, Island Doctor Moreau one, this is a thousand times more mm-hmm. intense. And only, Marlon Brando only, ruins it too.
2: Yeah, on, only burden of dreams about making a Fitzcaraldo. Dude, that I think shit is this. oh my
0: god! Where like they actually almost get into a physical altercation.
2: Yeah, like, where it's the same thing. You go into the jungle and you go insane.
0: The, the like this movie. If I didn't know it was almost entirely self-financed by Francis Ford Coppola, I swear it would be brought to you by cocaine. Everyone oh, is, is losing weight and rambling. It is it is insane watching this yes. movie about the making of Apocalypse Now, which took they forever. I never
2: bring that up. I think Sam Bottoms is the only one who brings up drugs and he's just talking about acid and speed, but it's clear mm-hmm. like all y'all are on cocaine. Mm-hmm. Martin Sheen has a heart attack like on his 36th birthday. Yeah, a that, fucking does that heart attack.
0: It's, yeah,
3: it's like how we talk about Sex and the City, you know, the fifth character is the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what's happening in this movie. Cocaine is its own character, <laughs> basically. Yeah, the jungle's and a feature I, player. I do not like Apocalypse Now. I do not enjoy the movie. It is not an enjoyable experience. So when Antisto was raving about Hearts of Darkness to me when we were preparing for that aforementioned laser time episode i was like oh god okay i guess i'll watch it i had a huge smile on my face throughout this entire documentary (laughs) hearts of darkness is to me far superior to apocalypse now so do not think that you have to actually like apocalypse now to enjoy it it,
0: it'll make you want (laughs) to see apocalypse now and that's fine but yeah. th- but I, I'll watch this once a year. I'll watch Apocalypse Now once a decade. It, it, I don't know what I like more. The 15-year-old Lawrence Fishburne who talks oh. like a child mm-hmm. in yes. the behind the- I don't know, man. I'm just out here trying to do my best. Ba- like, what <laughs> the fuck? He's too young to be out in the jungle like this. <laughs>
3: With all these lunatics.
0: And, and Coppola is, like, shirtless and rambling, like, I'm just trying not to be pretentious. It, yeah. it's, it's some of the most insane dialogue you'll ever hear. Marlon Brando is doing multi-million dollar procrastination with hundreds of people standing around him. Not working. He will not work. Shows up yes. too fat to be in the movie. It's, it's all incredible. It's all so incredible.
3: It really is to talk about the delays that happen because of weather and... How long it took to make and the they movie? It seems like they yeah. lost their mind. Recasting the lead,
2: borrowing all the helicopters from the mm-hmm. Philippine Army, and then the Philippine Army takes a bunch of them back so they can go shoot at communist insurrectionaries. Yes, <laughs> yes. It,
0: it, and it's it's in the movie. You watch their helicopters just fly away and they're like
3: shit, <laughs> yes. going off to do war things. We have no doing <laughs> props, basically. Why don't we have an
0: alternative? <laughs> Apocalypse Now, I don't want to diminish its importance. It's just okay for it not to be very important to your generation. It's very interesting. It's a really wacky adaptation of Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness with what's everyone on everyone's mind right now Vietnam when would when the movie come out 76 79 but they were
2: filming in like 76 77
0: yeah and and, and the movie and was also being...
2: so much it's all over the place they have a script but they're never adhering to it very carefully and the script is already it's very like I think apocalypse now is is a it's amazing they put together such a great movie yeah. out of what they were going through. And I think it, it truly is a great movie. It has some sequences that are like nothing you will ever see mm-hmm. without... I mean, now we just do it all with CG. No, they, like, here they It's just it, like, no, we're going to blow up this village.
0: We're going to blow up this village <laughs> during a napalm scene. I'm sure it's not technically napalm, but I mean, I i saw this as a kid on a 13-inch television. Like, what the fuck? This is huge. And then there's sequences... <laughs> Don't watch the redo a twenty minute French dinner sequence. Yeah that kind of shit up
2: until the redo this was the only place you could see any of the footage. You could see Harrison Ford.
0: Uh, and, oh, Harrison
2: Ford's in the original. Oh, but that's for right. Like Small half part, half a scene.
0: Yeah, it's and, like half
2: a scene. But yeah, the the French plantation sequence was like legendary with film nerds. Like, oh, maybe we'll get to see it one day. And then everyone saw it. And was like, well, yeah, it just slowed everything I down. I see why it, they you. cut
0: that out of the movie. Why yeah. did I pay a ticket to see this in theaters? Which Apocalypse Now was so popular, they re released it in theaters. I also like how it like explains everything about Francis Ford Coppola. He'd made. Mm-hmm. What most people consider masterpieces, and I'm I'm willing to agree with them. The Godfather, and then like wants to make this movie. George Lucas is supposed to direct it. Mm-hmm. Got took too long. Got busy with something else. But but Coppola kept running out of money and in, in financing, and kept like literally betting the farm, like mm-hmm. including his farm and his house and, and all of his money. And he was you can see him like exasperated, broke, and coke addledly rewriting the script every day to try and be good. But I think that's what ended up happening to Coppola. Like, I'm just going to bet big on big things and everything will pay off. Because Apocalypse Now, I think, made him like like half a billionaire. Like, Mm -hmm. he made all the profits back from this. This was a huge Mm -hmm. success. And then every time you see one of his movies, like, whoa, that's a crazy idea. That'll never work. And it doesn't. And he puts all (laughs) his own money up. That musical we talked about recently. One from the heart. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think that's this movie after this where it's like he won't leave the trailer. He directs it from inside the trailer because oh it's like it's just he fucks himself up so bad. It's yeah. I I went down a weird rabbit hole after watching Hearts of Darkness of watching all the parodies of Hearts of Darkness. So oh, that's obviously fun. we talked about the Community episode, which n- n- nails it so well. But there's also from '79 when Martin Sheen hosted SNL. Yes. There's a lengthy parody of him having to go. Stop Francis Ford Coppola from filming on set. Yes.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure it's just in the syndication. It is the only Saturday Night Live sketch that is so long. They have to go to commercial in the middle of it. Whoa. It goes on. uh, It's very long. long
2: (laughs)
3: long.
2: And it's more funny in theory than in practice. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of sets like they, they, it's just a long ass sketch.
3: Like a lot of early SNL.
2: Yeah, yeah. In
3: theory than actual. Practice. Yeah,
0: and
2: then there's a whole there's an Animaniacs episode. Yeah, which blows my mind. I remember seeing it as a kid. I mean, in like '94, and it combines. Hearts of Darkness and Apocalypse Now with Day the Clown Cried, the Jerry Lewis film that was never finished.
0: Who were they making that show for? Man, I mean, they were
2: making oh, it for me! Uh, yeah,
0: Diana. <laughs> Diana now, not kids Only in 1991.
2: Diana. Oh, I got it even then. I was like, what the fuck? Well, yeah, the, the Warner siblings have to go to the far end of the studio lot through all these things, and they never get out of the golf cart, and then they have to go stop Jerry Lewis, who's just like constantly...
0: The director. He
2: won't find the ending, and he can't do it, and he's like bald and doing a Brando thing, and then he turns on to Jerry Lewis. It's the weirdest thing for children.
0: And let me tell you something. Christmas gift time. This is this is a super awesome life hack. Hearts of Darkness. I think was it made by Showtime, and like went to theaters and like hard to license. It wasn't on VHS. And then it took like 10 years to come to DVD and it went out of print immediately. It, it When we did the show, it was unstreamable oh, except hey. I think there was like one streaming network that like had forgotten to take it down and you could <laughs> buy it there. It came out on DVD for like a year and then became like one of those DVDs that cost like a hundred dollars to buy used. Right. And right now the 4k version of apocalypse now contains a remastered version of hearts of darkness. It is full mm-hmm. screen. Uh, but it's remastered i I don't think they've ever been sold together. If you have a dad my age, buy it, suggest you watch Heart, Hearts of Darkness first. That's what me and my dad did and his mind was mm. blown like I don't even know how to watch the movie after that it's it's almost telling the same story yeah, but about that, yeah. making a movie
3: It's a great thing. parent gift and yeah. all the footage it's shot by his wife for his wife, mm-hmm. right? And she put together the whole documentary. Yeah, she
0: narrates it, I believe. Yeah, Yeah.
3: that's Mm -hmm. also pretty amazing. And it was a real family affair. She talks a lot on the movie, I remember, on Hearts of Darkness about having her children with her there during the shoot and how difficult that was for them. Like I can't imagine being a small child and being around all that chaos and T- total yeah.
0: chaos and like their, their ha- home Weirdos. is getting flooded and like uh right. hurricanes are hitting and yep. you just see like this is supposed to be a 50-day shoot and there's like multiple sequence like happy 200 days and they bring this <laughs> giant cake out the whole cast has their shirts off because they're in a fucking rainforest like i want to go home and this cake is not helping but yeah. th- they're doing the best they can it is it is Oh, what what the cruel things that people used to do for art that we'll never do again. It is I'm so mm-hmm. happy someone was documenting every second of this.
3: Yes, absolutely. Me too. I'm so happy that we have this footage.
0: Yeah. See this movie. Just find a way to see this movie. I would let you borrow mine, but you know. We ain't, we ain't friends like that. It, it, yeah. It's great.
2: Hearts of Darkness, a filmmaker's apocalypse. I feel like this gets referenced so much still. Of like, yeah. this is the prototypical filmmaker goes insane. Yes. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing of mm-hmm. just deciding like, no, this film is actually about the moon, and you're like, what? And everyone has to scramble to make it happen. But that's mm-hmm. that's
0: what's nuts about it is that it's it starts out pretty normal, and my favorite sequences is that mm-hmm. Arcola speaking manically yet eloquently. But like you can watch him lose weight during the movie, yeah. during the shoot of the movie, and then he's sitting in a director's chair doing like junket shit with a, the tiniest pair of shorts off and his shirt off. It's I'm not saying he has a bad body, but it's like no publicist would allow that to happen ever again. But it's just like <laughs>
3: no, it, certainly not. It is what it is. is. Drug fueled choices. It
0: feels so crazy, <laughs> like a director, hairy, not yes. fat because he's lost the weight and he's like hanging off himself. It's yes. not a good look. And it's he's fantastic, like the bad way bad. I am right now.
2: It is weird. There were a couple moments re-watching it where I could tell that a shot was out of continuity based on how big he was. Mm-hmm. yeah, you could... <laughs> <laughs> Or where his beard is, because sometimes he shaves it off a couple times and then it starts to grow back. <laughs> and it's like, no, that's from earlier in the shoot. He's clearly 20 pounds heavier in that last shot than he was a minute ago.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I... You just...
2: We're not even scratching yeah.
0: the surface of all the insane shit in there. The tiger don't shots. go the...
2: in the jungle. Oh, yeah, yeah, the tiger shot. That was, my
0: God. Yeah. yeah the
2: tiger handler's, like, fa- half his face is mauled. When and he's like, oh, it'll be fine.
0: It's <laughs> that opening scene where that just has Martin Sheen, like, dancing around drunk in his room when they show you how they made that. Like, I don't know who. It... Was it his idea? Like, no, I'm just going to get mind-alteringly drunk until I punch this mirror cut open my arteries and i'm naked martin sheen is naked crying and covered in real blood being dragged off the set s- scream sobbing it's no. one of the most insane things i've ever seen
2: he says it was his idea yeah. uh-huh. he says coppola tried to stop filming and he was like no no
0: i'm feeling wrong. something <laughs> it's so this shit people used to go what, what was that line from that steve martin sketch it's called acting uh you don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to get drunk and bloody to get the scene up. We'll be a pro. Oof! Yeah. It's incredible. Watch this. Watch this before you watch Apocalypse now. And then moving into television. It's a light week, holiday, you know, the drill. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh reruns, a lot of uh I don't watch a lot of live network television, but if any of our commenters, do they still broadcast choirs as much as they did back in 1991 (laughs) god there were a lot of choirs on network television
3: many choirs so many musical celebrations yeah so many patriotic tributes to our nation
0: (laughs) right when i'm not watching
3: singing about it like
0: yeah that's what i remember i remember almost hating tv on christmas but uh i would have been happy to be watching star star search this week Oh wait, no, I am a Britney fan, so I'd be unhappy. Age ten, Britney Spears makes a big debut on Star Search and she loses.
1: I don't care, I don't care.
3: Britney bitch.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, she can say what she wants now. Oh, I wonder if she'll Man, acknowledge. Do
3: you follow her Instagram? It is pretty nuts. Wild.
0: I've heard. I've seen a couple new <laughs> stories about it now. And uh, yes. why shouldn't a- she be a little angry and talkative <laughs> uh, after Absolutely all this time?
3: Absolutely, give her a follow on Instagram because she got shit to say. Mm-hmm. And also, some of the stuff that she posts is kind of, kind of silly, kind of corny. But I just realized, like. I read a tweet where someone reminded all of us she hasn't had access to social media in so long. So the type of stuff that she's posting and the way she talks, it's like someone who got out of prison and hasn't seen this technology. You know, she just hasn't had access to it for so long, so she's going to be a little weird on the Instagram, you know, yeah. and the social media stuff. So, that Oh,
0: that's sense. what having five billion followers means. Yeah. Like, everyone's going to blow everything you say up uh, everywhere. Mm-hmm. I bet she, like, yeah, I guess she didn't really live through all that shit. Right. Uh, but... She
3: was so cloistered. Yeah. yeah. It's a very interesting experience.
0: All right. Good uh, for
3: her. Good good for her. her.
0: Rock, for the Charles Dutton Show, has a gay wedding episode, which... Yeah. Is that the yeah. first? I ugh. it might be. It might be.
2: Yeah. yeah so, so. Because gay marriage is not actually legal. Right.
3: Anywhere. Yeah. Period. Like, for, in like in the world. For
0: decades. <laughs> yeah. And
3: and it's Richard Roundtree is the guest star. Playing one of the men getting married. Wow.
0: Yeah. Shut your mouth. Shaft
3: is getting married. Oh, mm-hmm. getting the
0: shaft again. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm not going there, but it, more, more, I'm uh, again. He's I, a
2: complicated man and no <laughs> one understands him like his life partner, John Shaft.
0: I want to ask if there are any rock fans out there. I've always said, if something doesn't exist on the internet, it's your duty to try and get it there. I was never a huge fan of Rock, except for the occasional episode i see that would be like batshit crazy out of nowhere, kind of a different tone, or like there were very special episodes all the time. So eventually, sometimes I'd watch it and my mouth would be on the floor. Like, I can't believe a show is tackling this after The Simpsons. But somebody who's a big Rock fan needs to campaign to get this show seen again because it is hard to find clips of mm. and, and yeah. hard to see. And I don't know that it has a DVD, I don't believe it's streaming anywhere correct me if i'm wrong I, I remember when it went live it was one of the only tv, TV shows of an snl to go live and they'd hold up a newspaper before every episode I'm like it's today I promise here we go theme song yeah. <laughs> and and i can't find any of this shit but i remember yeah, but
2: not i mean not just a sitcom talking about gay marriage mm-hmm. and, and legal ramifications but a black sitcom yep. mm-hmm. that's some heavy shit mm-hmm. that's yeah, yeah. so cool and good it- on you Charlie oh. stutton is cool
3: I also wanted to bring up real quick uh, the Seinfeld episode, The Stranded, which is not a super notable episode, except for the fact that it it basically involves Jerry and Elaine and George going to a party at a friend's house. And then Jerry and Elaine get stranded when George goes off and takes a woman home. And so they have to wait for Kramer to show up. And the host of the party is Michael Chiklis, played by Michael Chiklis, which is always (laughs) fun because he's also in the commish. So whatever you see, I always feel like it's fun when you see someone who has a TV show going on at the same time, and then they're guest starring on another show. I don't know. It's a fun little Mm. thing. It's like, oh, you just took a little break from your show to do a little guest star on this show.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and this is also has the uh, status of a lost episode mm. They weren't happy with how it was made So they delayed it So mm-hmm. it, most people didn't And then it may not have appeared a lot in syndication But if you have the DVDs You're watching it on Netflix I, I remember the episode you're talking about Because like, I haven't seen this one a thousand times why? Right, exactly And that's why Larry David hated it <laughs> So <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, not
3: the strongest one
0: I couldn't find any games that came out during this period, but, but I, I do our in-depth search on 302010Games uh, on Patreon.com slash Time. We should have an episode up for you right now uh, where me and the Video Game Apocalypse boys go through ports and obscure arcade games that come out during this period, but nothing major. It is going into the holiday season. It's a smaller world, and most of those games are out. They want to be bought. They're to be bought right now. People don't release games in December. But music of 1991, November 26th through December 2nd. Keep It Coming by Keith Sweat. Uh, Ricky Martin's self-titled solo debut.
2: That kid Ooh. from Menudo's got an album. Hola.
0: Oh, this and this is the week we talk about Michael Jackson's day. De- okay, we talked about his video last week.
2: Right. His the promotional sing, the, campaign. The, right. The Black and White single is out with the video, and those usually come out a little bit before the album. Now, the album is out, so we can hear the rest of it. And- recognize it remember the time is said the better song yeah oh.
0: great message but
3: the video <laughs> the is
2: biggest...
0: so good i know i know I but
3: know. so is the video for remember the time too yeah that's true
0: yeah. Uh, eddie murphy magic johnson how iman. can you ask for more iman, iman should
2: be dressed like nefertiri Never. all the time <laughs> always oh my god um, she looks so great like that
0: why don't i do that for my halloween costume next year and get in a lot of trouble <laughs> um <laughs> I'm dressed
3: as (laughs)
0: Amon as Nefertiti from the Remember the Time video. What? Why is everybody grabbing me and taking pictures?
3: That's how you go from a semi-known podcaster to a known podcaster.
0: Yeah, man. One of my my friends, uh, bitch-ass ex-girlfriends, blew me up on Facebook calling me a a B-level podcaster this week. And I'm like, ma'am. Me. Yeah, wow. B. Like you uh, right. way higher than I rate me. Yeah. I, I didn't think I'd get by with a B. C minus is my territory.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if A level is Conan, that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, and like also how would you know? You watch Twilight movies. You are an idiot. I'm the most famous podcaster you will ever know. Unless, <laughs> unless they do one about guns or church, <laughs> you'll never ever know. Okay, sorry. Neither Yes, here nor I'm there. sure
2: there are no gun or church podcasts. Oh,
0: fuck! I hate myself. I yes, I was <laughs> driving as I was driving through Joshua Tree listening to AM radio. There was multiple gun talk shows that like I'm what sure these are about? popular. What? How? Yeah. And, and, what do you
3: talk about? Well,
0: this yeah. bullet is. No, 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 sir! I don't mean? recommend killing him. That, like, that was like what the host said most of all, like, just repeatedly. Okay. I don't recommend you do anything my callers are calling in to say you do. Okay, <laughs> responsible gun ownership. Anyway, we're going to close out with Set Adrift on Memory Bliss by PM Dawn because that is number one. Ah, um, I love this song. Is this which song is this? It's
2: got the true sample on it, right. and PM Ooh. Dawn, they're. Like I don't know what the hell kind of music to say it is. I guess like it's rap, but it's sort of happy rap, but also sort of hippie rap. Like they, they wore a, <laughs> they wore a lot of tie dye, and there were a lot like, of peace symbols involved. Like Arrested
0: Development. But <laughs> no,
2: Arrested Development was like even rockier. It's, it's like true, but... yeah, PM Don. It's just this this song just is so relaxing. I I feel like I'm on a lazy river every time I listen to it.
0: Nice. All right, everybody. Lie back in the inner tube. Take your shirt off like Francis Ford Coppola. But stick around through this break because we have a lot more to talk about when we hit 2001. Stay there.
1: She was right, though. I can't lie. She's just one of those corners of my mind. And I just put it right back with the rest. Now, that's the way it goes. Like, baby, you see me I-
0: Get ready to go jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. The holidays came early here at Laser Time, courtesy of Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand. There is nothing worse than untrimmed body hair and pubes around the holidays. You really don't want to look like the abominable snowman or Santa's beard is
3: coming out of your shirt or pants? You older gentlemen with white or gray pubes know exactly what I'm talking about.
0: And yes, it may be sweater season, but you don't want to have the world's worst ugly sweater made out of body hair. You need to keep that hair in check with the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. There's no better gift for yourself or a loved one we can think of than the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. It comes with everything you need to trim your tree and the hair down there. Hair down there. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the signature lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer has proprietary
3: advanced skin-safe technology to reduce cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower.
0: The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, moisturizer and toner to keep your south pole feeling and smelling fresh all day long. The
3: Performance Package 4.0 even comes with a classic stocking stuffer, a pair of Manscaped anti-chafing boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's the perfect package for your perfect package.
0: Speaking of stocking stuffers, Manscaped is going beyond the groin and has some amazing new products that make great gifts like their new Ultra Premium Body Wash. It's infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, nice and moisturized. They also launched their new 2-in-1 shampoo and conditioner, which has key ingredients with benefits that include hydrating, nourishing, conditioning the scalp, and strengthening your hair at the same time. Tis the season to load up on Manscaped products, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, your
3: husband, and friends the best gift of all, the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0.
0: Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LAZERTIME at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code LaserTime. one word, at manscaped.com. Make Santa proud this year. Add Manscaped to your wish list this season. Your,
1: your balls, balls will, will thank, thank you.
0: Funks mom. I'll read your horoscope and eat some hors d'oeuvres. Ten on pump one, these holes is self-served. 757 oh, my cell phone just overload. I've got holes, I've got holes,
1: in different area codes.
0: It's always nice to hear from your hoes. Welcome to 2001. It's Area Codes by Ludacris off of Word of Mouth. Man,
3: this song gets stuck in my head a lot. Yeah,
0: (laughs) it's a good one. Welcome to 2001, November 26th through December 2nd. Other new music releases this week include All Rise by Blue, Indecent Proposal by Timberland and Magoo, I was researching an snl episode and like i haven't heard those two words said in conjunction in a very long time and here it is again swing when you're winning by robin robbie williams that was big in my neck of the woods thanks to my girlfriend at the time uh, even in darkness by the rap super group dungeon family sunshine by s club seven genesis by busta rhymes and the self-titled third album by R. Ar- our holy lords and savior, smash mouth, smash mouth. Man, I, tu- smash I, I lost my phone charger, got in my car and turned on the actual radio and they were playing the deepest smash mouth cut and like, well, this is different than what you usually do, but a deep smash mouth. Is this what it's come to? What uh, was it? I don't know. I didn't know the song at all, but it's it's distinctly smash mouth. mouth. Wasn't all star, wasn't walking on the sun. What am I to do? Uh, <laughs> Family affair by Mary J. Blige. Is still number one. Yes, I'm gonna pronounce Dill that. Still number one. Still number what
2: one. What will bit. stop it? What will stop the hateration?
0: Diana my knows name? she's just not telling us. Yep. Um, a <laughs> 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 little bit of news to warm you into the post 9/11 world. Of 2001. Oh my god,
2: it is a huge news week. Mm-hmm. I did not realize all of these things happen at the same time. Let's uh, go from
0: better yeah. to worse. People's Ma- People Magazine Sexiest Man Alive is Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Is. is there a bond movie out this year no okay so this isn't like a marketing push
2: (laughs) no just like him he seems like a cool guy
0: it's coming that mrs doubtfire fires coming around
2: (laughs) drive-by (laughs) fruiting okay i i have i don't know i forget if i told this story or not but so the newspaper i work with we have a police blotter and every item has like a little kind of lead-in thing and Someone actually called the cops because someone had thrown a bunch of lemons at and like trashed the front of their business. And if you think that I did not take that opportunity to say "run by fruiting," comma (laughs) eleven a.m. December nineteenth, this business said that uh, there was a bunch of citrus fruits out front. I was like, "It's here, my chance!"
0: Oh, that is also
2: any time a chihuahua gets loosed, it is called Pee Wee's Big Adventure.
0: hell yeah uh, i don't even want to talk about anything else anymore just think about chihuahuas and write more <laughs> disney movies about it the twa ceases operations after being bought uh, by american airlines after filing for bankruptcy post 9-11 uh, it had been started in 1930
2: oh. Oh, yep we're gonna lose a bunch of legacy airlines right about now yeah a lot of them were struggling and then 9-11 fucked everything up for them and they're on their last legs
0: yeah, it's 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 super weird. My among the weird shit, my dad keeps getting rid of my stuff from his home and throwing it in mine. All those little kid pins you get on airlines that don't exist anymore.
2: Oh
1: wow. Um, wow.
0: I'm noticing a bunch of those. Enron files for chapter 11 bankruptcy.
2: Oh my god. Mm-hmm. This fucking scandal. It you ever, I don't know, wanted to back a violent revolution? Here's a good reason to do it. Mm-hmm enron was the level of corporate malfeasance and fuckery Mm -hmm. that's just so naked and unabashed and i don't want to get too far into it because it is complicated it has a lot to do with like business stuff and weird accounting and the vice president (laughs) they bilked billions of dollars from people and uh the documentary enron the smartest guys in the room Mm -hmm. that'll lay it out pretty well but it's like a lot of times like there's business stuff that they're just they're just trying to cover their butts and they didn't they, they, they you know it was an accident they bet wrong and blah 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 no these guys intentionally fucked over everybody yes. mm-hmm. and there's a bunch including of including the entire state of california
0: yep led to the recall it's why you have governor schwarzenegger didn't help and uh i believe Whoa. there's a shitload of unaccounted for time when enron executives visit the white house and are in a room with dick Cheney.
3: oh uh, yes wow. Yep. Yeah, Make I have to second The Smartest Guys in the Room, because especially if you were like me at this point, like in high school, hearing about Enron a lot, but not really paying too much attention to exactly the details of what was happening. Absolutely, The Smartest Guys in the Room is a great documentary to revisit and, and just finally feel like, oh, okay. Oh, that's what oh, they were that's doing. a big deal. And of course... Sam, this is like, what's a year rewatch of this house? He loves that documentary. Uh, So I've seen it multiple times and it is fantastic. Yeah. And don't forget that
2: Occupy Wall Street is still happening at this point. Right. And this is exactly the shit they are talking about. Because besides bringing down Enron and everyone who invested in it, including plenty of pension funds, they also brought down Arthur Anderson, which is a massive accounting firm because they were, uh, parts of them were in on it Mm -hmm. or they knew or should have known and stopped the fuckery. And Dick Cheney should be in jail.
0: Yeah. Said he got for, the, I mean,
2: for a lot of reasons, yeah. but
0: instead, I think mean. he got a shitload of money from this while in office. It's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah. in lighter news American Taliban member John Walker Lynn is captured by U.S. forces in Afghanistan, which just seems like a Fox News fever dream come true.
2: Oh, yeah. Right? It, I mean, exactly. He's. Not just an American who went over and was fighting with the Taliban, he's from Marin County. Yeah. He's from the hippiest part of Marin County. Yeah. You know, and so was it Bush called him, you know, a misguided hot tubber or something. It was like what, what? what? Uh, but yeah, he is this American kid who is like twenty? something who was a convert to islam and then he first i think he went to saudi arabia he just wanted to go study more islam and he got more and more radicalized and ended up in the taliban and he was captured and he was charged with being involved in the death of a cia agent who was came to talk to him and then he was ambushed but lind was tortured by the northern alliance and he had nothing to do with the cia guy's death but still he's an enemy combatant so what do we do Well, let's just blame him for fucking everything. But he did his 20 years. He's out now on supervised release. And um, it's kind of a tragedy all around, including that he's still really radicalized and, like, has said nice things about ISIS.
0: You see why your grandfather's so afraid of Sharia law? It happened to anybody.
2: You see how prison maybe doesn't fix these guys? (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. But, no, there was no proof that he had ever, you know, attacked Americans or anything. He was just supporting the guys that we didn't like. Eh, Yeah, it's all fucked up there's some really good reporting and some good podcasts and stuff about like yeah this guy got railroaded but i mean what else are you gonna do we're still fucking pissed off about 9-11 we're in afghanistan kicking some ass and then we turn up some american dude on the other side Mm. yeah It's it's kind of amazing he's out frankly yeah you think he's gonna get life but no he's out on supervised release
0: and then uh
2: then things aren't bad enough.
0: Yeah. George, Harri- George Harrison passes away from
2: what again? Not cancer.
0: Cancer. At, at 58, and I just remember, like, he was old, but, like, that's way younger than I remembered. That way younger. way young.
2: No.
1: And,
0: and, and And just thinking about it, like, okay, calculating, well, you lose a beetle every 20 years, so
2: yep.
0: Ringo should live to 2041.
2: That's how I did the math, too. I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, we'll lose our last beetle when he's like hundred and twenty. I'm okay with that
0: yeah that that was and then uh, you know, in hindsight, I didn't know enough much about the Beatles now, but George Harrison is a fascinating human and
2: oh, my favorite Beatle. You
0: know. yeah I think
2: there was some it might have some radio interview that day where they were getting like music historians on to talk about you know George Harrison, and they said one of them just asked like so. Could you explain why is George Harrison important to music? And there was just this long pause, and the guy said, "He was the lead guitarist for the Beatles,
0: <laughs> and and he had his mind set on you. One yes. of the most expensive music oh, videos fuck ever made. That
2: song. <laughs> I love that song so much. Fuck that song. That Song <laughs> sucks. Concert he did Bangladesh, so much better.
0: Produced Life Some... of Brian. Like uh, the dude yes. did a lot of great things, man.
2: Yeah, he produced a bunch of Monty Python stuff just because he liked them
0: mm-hmm.
2: and thought they were cool.
0: He's and he's your, you know what? He's your least annoying Beatle. And you Agreed. see all the footage of them yeah. fighting. He's just sitting there. I just want to play music. Yeah. <laughs> and he quit first. I can't wait to watch Get Back. Um, yeah. <laughs> that he was- oh,
2: man. I watched a-, a big chunk of Let It Be the other night. And might just be the print. But it looked t- like shit. Yeah. It looks so bad. And I compare it to what the Get Back footage is looking like. Yeah, it's like, a- it's I'm probably a-,
0: a VHS rip if if you're lucky. I don't yeah. know where you found it, Diana. But uh,
2: Hmm.
0: Mm. Movies of 2001, November 26th through December 2nd. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is still number one at the box office because you know it's It's the first Harry Potter. It's a fucking phenomenon. Uh, come to the movie theaters. We also have a movie, Trouble Every Day Vincent Gallo, Tricia Vesey, uh, Beatrice Dahl.
2: Oh, this is kind of notorious around film schools for a while because it's. Oh, I haven't heard of it. Really really bloody and there is an awful lot of like fucked up sex and sexual assault in, in it. a vincent gallo movie i know enough in a, in a french <laughs> movie so yeah people point to this as being like the beginning of like the french extremist kind of filmmaking that you'd see later with like uh what's it called not hardcore not haywire Havoc? high tension there you go high tension or hmm. fuck, that other one Hilarious martyrs things. good lord yeah because it's about a guy who's obsessed with this couple who's a doctor and his wife and the doctor is like holding his wife hostage and you're like what and it turns out it's because she's like fucking and killing dudes and you're like what and then like it turns out because she's a vampire oh like oh surprise but there's also lots of sex and lots of violence and it's pretty rough
3: okay probably on that one for
2: me yeah
0: and uh i passed on this one but it's Interesting to remember a time when Ed Burns was more notable as a filmmaker than an actor, because that's, I don't think he's made a movie in years, in decades, but that's sort of all he did in the late 90s, early 2000s, and this is, described this as like one of those, like a, New Year's Day kind of movies. Look at this mm-hmm. cast. All these mm-hmm. little tiny short films woven together. I think, I, I like, I did not bother re-watching this, but it's got Stanley Tucci, Brittany Murphy, David Krumholtz, Heather Graham, Dennis Farina, Rosario Dawson, and Eddie Burns, who I believe I heard Bill Hader do a needless impression of that really made me laugh. <laughs> what are you guys doing? I don't even know what's going on. I'm not Burns. like, wow. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. <laughs> I went through a big Ed Burns
3: phase Gosh, probably about 10 years ago, where I tried to watch a bunch of his movies and kind of tried to. They're like, I don't feel like any of them are especially great, but there is something kind of weirdly soothing about them all. Mm-hmm. I guess mm. just
0: because it's
3: mostly people in New York just talking about their not particularly stressful issues and problems. Mm-hmm. It's Woody Allen Light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Less icky. Yeah. More just yeah, but,
0: and so, more
2: boston and irish yeah Yeah.
0: and still and still indie what was that movie that's right then moving yeah
2: and this one's like okay it's yeah it's one of those where it's like all these stories end up being interrelated but not really and they're all incredibly low stakes and i love all these actors
3: except maybe ed burns so yeah exactly yeah i do kind of love movies like that though yeah interrelated ones so maybe maybe we
2: found the answer for if you like Woody Allen movies, but don't like that nervous Jewish fella in them. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Sidewalks of New York is perfect for
0: you. Maybe. Or if you wish. Maybe
3: you want a hunky uh, Irish Catholic.
0: Yeah. And a movie I have never heard of until Mm. this week Alfred Molina, Tom Scarrett, Usher, Dylan McDermott, Ashton Kutcher, Rachel Lee Cook, and James Vanderbeek, Texas Rangers. In a land without justice, if we
1: do not fight for our land, if we do not fight for our home, who will? A few brave men fought back and became legends. No prisoners,
0: Rangers. No mercy. This movie, like, every fucking five years.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. It's
0: like Young Guns with even younger people. Ah, yes.
2: Yep. Although we're continuing our sex degrees of John Milius.
0: I know John Milius wrote this movie.
2: He wrote this and then it sat around for a long time. And then Miramax got its hands on it and they rewrote it and rewrote it and rewrote it. And Milius was so pissed off that he said he wanted to hunt down Harvey Weinstein like we're hunting down the Taliban. And it's like, man, I love it when people are right for the wrong reasons (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) one of the few things john milley has said in public that he won't regret
2: yeah i i mean it's like vaguely based on real people it's just it was like sloppy boring i guess like 20 minutes were cut out of it which explains why it felt so sloppy it's it's weird to compare this to american outlaws that we talked about earlier this year which is like the same bullshit of just like we're young guns in it let's Mm -hmm. get a bunch of like early twenty stars and make them go do cowboy shit but like with rock music behind it it's sexy and it's like no you have to have some sort of fucking story otherwise it's just embarrassing
0: cowboys tale wants none of it's this
2: stupid yeah Oh, was bored It barely got a release and failed so fuck them fuck texas
0: rangers and i think one of the more surprising hits of next year this stays in like the top three for an astounding amount of time and ended up influencing more movies than you would think David Keith oh so close um Keith David (laughs) I know I was excited to read his name then I looked at it Owen Wilson and oh wow Gene Hackman behind enemy lines on November 30th it's time you still got your boots have you cowboy they were tied
1: on to bring him home
0: Archangel is down and I am on the run maybe I carried
1: it too far it's not your fault
0: the American people want their pilot's Let's get our boy back behind
1: enemy lines. We're coming to get your son. Rated PG-13. November 30th only in theaters.
2: Ooh, behind enemy lines. Yeah, some of it's the timing. Uh, it's the kind uh, of story people want to want to see right now. I like to think this is a bizarre prequel to Royal Tenenbaums.
0: <laughs> I love you so. Wait, he wasn't his son. genius. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've never even liked this movie a little and its success yeah. is very of the moment and that's also The only reason it sticks in my head, because I remember reading an Entertainment Weekly article like, actually, this movie is financed in large part by the government indirectly. What do you mean by that? They didn't pay for the movie, but they're like, make a positive military story and we'll give you access to any kind of military hardware you would like. And that, Mm -hmm. you know, when they made Top Gun, we weren't. I to
3: say, it's a Top Gun model. Yeah,
0: but we weren't actively at war and it didn't. Act like propaganda and behind enemy lines isn't really that, but it did set a template for movies to come that would go to the government asking for resources in well, exchange for being propaganda. So, if you think it only happened in the 40s, behind enemy lines, <laughs>
2: yeah. And overall, it's eh, I don't know, it feels kind of boilerplate, but I'm trying to think of like what movie is it copying because like Owen Wilson gets yeah, shot down over bosnia and it's, he now has evidence like, that there's like a mass that there's a mass grave there and then he's got to run and hide and hide and run and get to the recon point and no they're not going to get him because that'll cause an international incident and gene hackman's like damn the rules we have never leave a man behind
0: it's like <sighs> uh the warriors set in a modern day war with one guy they gotta get home with this information that they didn't kill cyrus just
2: i don't know watch rescue dawn man yeah, you want to oh. you want to see a good trap behind enemy lines kind of movie? Watch Rescue Dawn with uh, Christian Bale, the John. Werner Herzog movie.
0: Oh, I <laughs> way you... better. Than I, this. <laughs> I, I thought you were saying Red Dawn. Me too. To I Don. was also thinking John,
3: Red Dawn for John a second there, and I was like, okay. I mean, yeah, no. I love Red Dawn.
2: <laughs> no, not more Milius, more Werner Herzog. Is that brought is him that... up for Bird of Dreams? So I'm going to bring him up
3: now. <laughs> is that the
0: the the Bale? Yeah, yeah, dude. Steve Zahn is fucking crazy in that movie. That movie's great. I don't know if, I don't know how many people saw that.
3: I cannot think of another non-comedy adjacent Owen Wilson film besides this one. Hmm. Is this his only foray foray really into this? I comedy? mean as as
0: as the star, maybe, but like he did a ton of light work in stuff Michael Bay movies, uh, big action movies. Oh, uh, yeah. There's like That's the 17th right. lead um, okay. before he was headlining films. But uh, oh, wow, indeed. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wildcat. Wow. <laughs> 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 2001 television, uh, November 26th through December 2nd. On the 2nd, we got Brian Song, a TV movie remake. with Sean Mayer, Mackay Pfeiffer, Paula Case, Elise Neal.
2: And... Now, now we're getting into Six Degrees of James Caan. <laughs> Why are you remaking Brian's Song, man? That's a classic.
0: I don't know what Brian's Song is. It Brian's it's, song.
2: it's based on a true story of a black football player and a white football player, and there's tensions, and then they like there's love and support, and then one of them gets cancer, and it's sad. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. Moving on to things I might know about, but also know. It's, it's
2: a classic kind of movie that lets men cry with oh. a good excuse.
0: Yeah. Oh, like a, I love Brian Piccolo. My girl for adults, I love it. Law and Order episode Three Dog, <laughs> Three Dog Night, D A W G. Wow. Oh, uh, a hip hop star is accused of murdering a promoter who called him a sellout. Guest starring an astounding rapper, Idris Elba. In (laughs) Itra Selba, what not to wear in the UK debuts. Is that is that the original show?
3: Yep. Yeah. In 2003, the US version will premiere and really becomes like a big a big show for I think TLC. I want to say yeah or Bravo. I always forget. They're not the same. It's TLC. It's TLC. Where basically. Two fashion people, basically someone gets nominated by a friend or family that they're like, this bitch cannot dress, and then two (laughs) fashion people make this person try on all of their ugliest clothes in front of like a five-way mirror, <laughs> it's like surrounding mirror. And they point out how unflattering it is. And then they take them shopping. <laughs> and of course it's always like, wear a blazer to dress this up, turn this out for from day to night with the scarf. Whew. Okay. Yeah.
0: A show I was watching every second of, which turned out to be not very exciting at all. Project Greenlight debuts on HBO. That is I, you have to love the concept behind it. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and their producing partners sort of like, it was really hard for us to make a movie and took years. So why don't we have a program where we actively go through scripts from amateurs and try and get them to make a movie and then get HBO to finance that movie by filming a reality show about making that movie. All oh, back to Hearts of Darkness. Oh my God.
2: Yeah. Oh, how the sausage is made, how movies are made. That's like every, we have one of those every single segment. It's pretty cool.
0: I think it's the next season that basically gives us Shia LaBeouf.
2: Yeah, and uh, he start in the nice.
0: next one. He he's a, the star of the movie they're making in the next one. I just remember this one. It was. I mean, we were at the time like we're all kind of like, oh, I want to be a filmmaker, but I'm also not going to do the work or write anything or film stuff. <laughs> uh, but we oh shit, there's a there. But there's a. There's a back. There's a, there's a side door. Let's all pay attention to the side door into the movie industry. And I forget the Pete something maybe the guy who the guy who wins to make Stolen Summer. I think is the movie that what the movie's called. And he's clearly struggling. Like I, it actually may not be the best idea to throw someone with no knowledge of the movie industry into directing a feature film with a on camera on camera yeah. with a kind of unlimited yeah. budget. And my favorite scene in it. Ever the nice guy, he's like, I don't know what I'm really overwhelmed here, and I don't know what to do. And he's talking to Matt Damon or Ben Affleck, and he's like, Is there anybody else? Anybody we can, you know, you want to talk to? And he's like, Yes, one person, my favorite independent filmmaker, Kevin Smith. He 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 did this. I want to talk to Kevin Smith. And the scene of him and Kevin Smith, he's like. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, man. I maxed out my credit cards and did everything I could to make this movie. You have a crew and an assistant. Fuck mm. the fuck up. What are you worried about? Oh my god, you have a million luxuries. I never did. It was a make or break moment for me when I. Made... He, he's not very nice to him. He's just like I can't. I can't. Why are you wasting my time asking for advice? You've literally been given the world, Troy Duffy style, and go make your fucking movie. Make a decision. That's what you're supposed. That's what your job is.
3: Sometimes you need that. And
0: I never forgot. That's the only scene I I, like. That stands out in my memory. Like that. That Kevin Smith was not helpful to him at all. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. Anyway, moving on to uh, Saturday Night Live this week. Musical guest Bubba Sparks and Shakira. Do they have a song out? Not together. Is she just like I I only do one song? Bubba Sparks can (laughs) do (laughs) Do the second one. Very strange. And then your host. Oh, everybody loves it when a sports person hosts I don't know. Derek Jeter. I would have been happy if it was Michael Jeter. Uh, no. but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Green Jeans. Uh, but Derek Jeter is the host. But sometimes you get a Charles Barkley out of these situations, and it's fun. Video games of 2001, November 26th through December 2nd. Ooh, it's a real grab bag of silliness. Um, Jurassic Park 3, right on time. Island Attack is out, as is Twisted Metal Small Brawl. Not really sure where to take the series uh, of car vehicular combat. They make them all tiny and (laughs) little tiny cars on like a big giant playground or a big giant kitchen. Kind of novel but probably not where most fans wanted the series to go. Mm. Star Wars Starfighter is out, a game I only remember because it came free with my Xbox next year, and I traded it in immediately before taking off the cellophane. And uh, Extreme G3, I believe that's the end of the Extreme G Wipeout-esque racing series, but I was a fan of that. And then a very strange genre-defiant game, Rampage, based on the, yes, that movie with The Rock about the Lizard, gorilla, and other thing that destroy buildings—the kaiju game from the '80s. Mm-hmm. But it's a puzzle game. Rampage Puzzle Attack is out. I've huh. never heard of this game until this moment. It's uh, it's it's no Flintstones Burger Time, I tell you. <laughs> Let's close out 2001 with Nelly Furtado. It's on the charts this week. Oh, Turn off the lights.
3: Turn Off the Light. That So most people know Nelly Furtado from her first album, which this is off of her first album. I Am Like a Bird. But this is actually my favorite single that came off that album. And the reason why I actually got this album is for Turn Off the Light. It's very catchy.
2: Very fun. It is really catchy. I did not remember the video, which has so little to do with the song. There's a bunch of like guys fighting in mud. She's like flopping around in mud too. And it's like, Looking at the video, I'm like, I don't know this song, and then like gets and I'm like, oh, of course I know this song. Mm -hmm. This has nothing to do with the visuals, and they're Mm -hmm. very confusing now. Okay, good for you.
0: Well, all right. Close out with Nelly Furtado, and we'll be right back. Stay right there.
2: and all the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner we go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of november 26th through december 2nd one of the movies actually you know both these movies are consistent with things that we just talked about in the show now so let's get to it 50 years ago this week 1971 saw the release of nicholas rogues walkabout which is a kind of difficult to watch coming of age film and yet kind of a beautiful coming of age film uh starring jenny Agutter. And taking place in the Australian Outback is about two kids who, well, I don't want to spoil why they're there, but uh, they're in the middle of the Outback, barely surviving. They run into an Aboriginal boy, and the whole thing feels kind of metaphorical, like maybe they're this is like a Fallen Eden kind of thing. Is they're just like them versus the environment and themselves and, and kind of... Growing up, it's like if it all feels very allegorical. Warning: there's there is some uh, violence against animals because you know you gotta eat. So sorry, kangaroo. But walkabout is kind of just fascinating to watch, very trance-like, and it's not quite anything really like it. So I gotta throw it out there because feel like no one really talks about it that much. And then forty years ago this week, consistent with the behind the scenes of filmmaking 40 years ago this week 1981 saw the release of Blake Edwards's SOB which I'm super pissed off like cannot find streaming anywhere but stars Julie Andrews who's Blake Edwards's wife uh, William Holden Richard Mulligan Robert Preston Larry Hagman and it is one of the most fucking brutal satires of Hollywood ever made oh good lord it fits in so well with Hearts of Darkness As a double feature, I I can't even believe it. Because it's about Richard Mulligan plays this filmmaker who just had a big expensive flop and, I guess, uh, trigger warning, constantly is trying to kill himself and failing horribly until he decides he's going to remake his movie over into being more edgy and sexual. But it stars Julie Andrews kind of satirizing herself as someone who has a a very clean reputation. And it just gets weirder and weirder and weirder from there. But you do see Julie Andrews' boobs. So, hey, they're very very nice. Good good for her. Yeah, just the darkest, meanest comedy I think I have ever seen. And still just funny as hell, but there's so much of it you're just like, I I don't believe they got away with this in 1981. This is just... But I don't know why it it seems to be hard to find streaming, possibly on Google Play. Every now and then it will pop up and turn to classic movies. Keep an eye out for it. S.O.B., which is supposed to stand for Standard Operating Bullshit, I don't know, but yeah, Blake Edwards' is SOB from 1981, and that's it for this week. Stay classy. Going
1: <laughs> tonight, tonight, there's a party on the rooftop, top of the world tonight, tonight, and we're dancing on the edge of the Hollywood sign. I don't know if I'll make it, but watch how good I'll fake it. It's alright.
0: Coming in with Tonight Tonight by Hot Shell Ray. Hot Shell Ray? Off of whatever. I have never heard these words before, and it's not by Smashing Pumpkins. Tonight Tonight, everyone. Uh, new releases that are out 10 years later, 2011, uh, November 26th to the 2nd. We got Undone by The Roots and uh, TY.O by Tao Cruz. Tao? Tao? Tao. We found Love by Rihanna featuring Calvin Harris it is still number one this week. Welcome to 2011. Oh, I'm very mad at this week. Um,
2: Why? Why? <laughs> it's fun. So, well, um, one of them is really not fun. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's the one I I wrapped up right before I got on mic. So I, you I, I... <laughs> Speaking of not fun, Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1 is still number one at the box office. And oh, you'll be happy the to unfunnest. know, as of yesterday when I was at my parents' house, running nonstop on MTV. You know, music television. Just kidding. <sighs> I, I, again, I am more lament, like... Where's Daria? Where's Jackass? What are you doing? Mm. Running a fucking ten-year-old teenager movie. I mean, uh, to be
3: fair, they did have good soundtracks. Did they? Yeah, they were with very legit artists on them, like Muse, Radiohead.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Mm.
3: Lots and of, of other ones. I was
0: just imagining like a bunch of songs that sound like the you Beautiful" song by that James guy.
3: I mean, there's some of that too. <laughs> yeah, James Blunt.
0: Yes, that's the one. Uh, how could I forget? It's about to what I'm about to light up. <laughs> Moving on to <laughs> the movie I watched right before the show. James Dale, Carrie Mulligan, and Michael Fassbender in Shame. I just no. figured I've never seen this. <laughs> Might as well watch it for I haven't I've only watched one other NC seventeen movie for this program. Hmm. Let's see what this is all about. And anybody else see it? Oh yeah. Uh, I miss this
3: one.
2: Yeah, I, I am convinced this is not necessarily a movie, but a very complicated scientific experiment to see if they could make people watch Michael Fassbender take his clothes off and get ready to fuck and have us go, oh, no, don't! <laughs> because that's how I felt most of this
3: movie. Oh, no.
2: And I love that we're talking about this right after we talk about A Dangerous Method, where he plays Carl Jung, and he's so... Mm-hmm. He's talking about sex, but he's so buttoned up and clinical. Mm-hmm. And this is full 180 from that portrayal he is so unhinged and so out of control because he plays a sex addict
0: sex addict in between uh prostitutes and pickups he's jerking off in his office bathroom and it is i think any story of depraved addiction would be this kind of not fun -hmm, But this mm -hmm. is all Yeah, I think the the other the biggest issue with sex addiction is that it kind of requires you to treat someone else like shit on occasion. Whereas, you know, you could do crack alone. I don't know. There are parts of this remember how we said in in New Jack City those scenes of Chris Rock like falling back into crack and like, was that supposed to be hilarious? There's some scenes of Michael Fassbender crying while having sex that are the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. (sighs)
1: Oh, I, nice. Not not
0: when a woman does it, but remember he's going through most of the effort here, so he's just like, oh, <laughs> it, 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 it's
2: because he can't stop himself because he. It's like a
0: five-minute f- scene.
2: It, <laughs> yeah, there so are some long, very graphic scenes in this that are. Like very upsetting. Like at first you're sort of like, oh, that's sexy, and then you're like, oh God! But he's hitting rock bottom, and this is just depraved and just not. I just feel bad for him now.
3: Oh, yes. okay. So the only thing I knew about this movie is that you do see full frontal male nudity yes. from oh, yeah. Michael Defender, which was a big deal. Continues to be a big deal, honestly. Sadly, full we, frontal yes. male nudity is not a thing you see. I would, I would say that
0: there's numerous sex scenes, but they're like. I didn't see anything I hadn't seen before. The only thing you, you're not used to is seeing this much cock.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: There's a ton of, and it and never hard. <laughs> it's always no. flaccid. And you can't show if if I oh, look like Michael Fassbender in the ab, butt, chest, face region, and had a cock like that, I'd be naked in every movie. I would never do another X-Men movie without my cock hanging out. <laughs>
3: <You know>? yeah, <laughs> that's the only thing I ever heard about this movie, is that you see Michael Fassbender's private parts, and that they are impressive. It
0: is gratuitous. They're,
3: yeah.
2: they're they're impressive Mm -hmm. and yeah to say i mean it is a it is a brave performance yeah Mm -hmm. because he has to be not just you know physically naked that he is like very emotionally naked and he he's just constantly hitting rock bottom and then digging and carrie mulligan plays his sister who also has a whole bunch of problems including self-harm and you realize oh michael is also just self-harming with the sex mm-hmm. addiction mm-hmm. and it got uh, some some complaints that there is a scene where he goes to a gay club and gets blown by a man and that's treated as like the worst thing he does yeah. <laughs> that's my bottom like, being the bottom yeah and it's like n- no that's just his desperation that he would go with someone that he's not even close to attracted to mm-hmm. and i found it really interesting that the the next scene he then goes for two women mm-hmm because like he has to super reaffirm his heterosexuality. Like this this guy is like a car that you're constantly putting like two cups of gasoline in, and the gasoline is sex. He just needs this little bit of sex to get him to the next bit of sex. Mm-hmm. And that's why like he yeah, he's constantly jerking off in the bathroom at work. Anytime he feels an emotion, he's gotta go do sex stuff and it's just so empty. It did it's it so it did, sad. It
0: did make me think because of his sex addiction, he, his computer is constantly being confiscated from work because it's being invaded by viruses that are crawling through the office's infrastructure. And that used to happen to me To because me, I'm pretty good with, with not getting viruses, but I would i I was trying to download a Dreamcast emulator, and but uh-huh. and got my. Mm-hmm. I'm not watching porn on my work computer. This is the age of the We're iPhone. Like a wet like,
3: no, why would, <laughs> it's the worst
0: computer I had. Why would I use that one? Uh, <laughs> no, I wasn't using. That. I was. I was trying to put an emulator on it so I could record footage at work for games we didn't have in the office.
2: Yeah, I mean, it is. It's a very uncomfortable watch. Yes,
0: if you can. Um. If you watch this more than once you are a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. There's kinda, no reason yeah. to watch this more than once.
2: Yeah. Except just to see the performance is, is so powerful because it is so unhinged. And that yeah, that I just watched dangerous method where he is so tightly wrapped. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's amazing. This is the same fucking actor. And he's so great in both of them.
0: Yeah. We should but say Fassbender is the king of interesting choices at, yeah, at even true. 10 years ago. I'm going to, yeah. he's going to make a whole movie in like a year where he, doesn't take a mask off and like a big, sad 1930s carnival mask.
2: Yeah. And also last week where we talked about uh, David Cronenberg working Mm -hmm. with Viggo Mortensen, making three awesome movies. This is Michael Fassbender in the middle making three awesome movies with Steve
0: McQueen. Hell yeah.
2: He did hunger. Also incredibly hard to watch shame. This was relentlessly hard to watch. And (laughs) then 12 years of slave uh, hard to watch, but should be watched. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I haven't been able to watch it again, but I I did love 12 years of slave. Shame everyone.
2: Yeah, it's it's, hard, hard to watch.
0: I just wasn't sure, um, uh, NC-17 movies were available on some streaming services. It looks like it very much isn't even like, I don't think it was on iTunes. It was on Amazon and Vudu. Maybe they don't carry NC-17. I think they do. I just, never never mind. But, uh, I I never, I haven't had to like look into how that works because that's, that's our old X rating. But yeah, there's no penetration or like hard dick or like, you know, even the buffalo shot. Don't make me explain. Uh, He eats ass. (laughs) <laughs> so, so, it's
2: pretty fucking graphic so does like, michael
0: Sarah, and this is the end but uh nah. but i got an art no wait he's getting his ass eaten shame i feel like it's a shame i had to watch this for work uh it, it really wasn't pleasant in the slightest right. but not no, bad no
2: mm-hmm. yeah exactly it's a movie that's unpleasant on purpose that's mm-hmm. the point point. and but uh, let's move to the happy stuff
0: yeah ashley jensen I'm Eldest Taunton. That is not a name. Jim Broadbent, Billy Nighy, Hugh Laurie, and James McAvoy. Ardman Studios presents Arthur Christmas.
3: Dear Santa, how do you get around to all the children in the world in one night? Operation Santa Claus is coming to town. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs>
1: they have the technology, but it will be up to Arthur. A child's been missed. There's nothing to be done. There is a way. On that, we'll buy them. Keep the Christmas spirit alive. It doesn't matter how we got here as long as she still believes. Arthur Christmas?
2: No child left behind! Oh. I had to psych myself up to watch this because I'm already sick of Christmas, man. Oh, come on. Oh, hasn't even man. happened yet. Yeah, I have very low Christmas tolerance. It's, it's only the first month of Christmas. I Yeah, <laughs> I know. And then I watched this and I got maybe 10 minutes in and I was like, I love this movie. Oh, I really? It's going. Yay! I loved it because it was so much more creative than I was expecting. Was it? Yeah. The, the right. idea of the North Pole's Christmas infrastructure and just the idea of, like, we have to deliver two billion presents to children. How are we going to do that? And then it's this, like, complicated technology with, like, a spaceship basically with like a factory inside it and that santa is just kind of the figurehead and the elves do really do everything and the fact that he's a past his prime figurehead who doesn't really know what he's doing anymore like i i was not expecting to see that in like a true
0: kids he's part kids of a, christmas movie a, i i hate to to do this just because as the christmas watching master uh-huh. this is the exact same premise as prep and landing which came out last year true and on a hereditary end, it's the exact same premise of, what's that Anna Kendrick Disney Plus movie? Oh,
3: yeah.
0: Uh, Noel. Is it Noelle? Noelle. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was pretty great.
1: Loved it. And it,
0: it came out after this, granted, but I was watching it and just like, I've seen all of this before. Other than mm. like little British nuances. And I love Aardman Studios and I hate their CG movies. Mm. Uh, this yeah, one I was a
2: little bummed that it doesn't have the same Ardman style
0: it's not I mean, intentionally ugly yeah. that's it's that's a huge part of it to me <laughs> be intentionally ugly yeah i didn't love this movie but it, it's mm-hmm. not bad it's just that like it, it's a studio working in a style that's not their own on a mm-hmm. premise that literally was done quicker and better by disney a, a year ago prep mm-hmm. and landing it's yeah. great special
2: yeah i think did it get into the hereditary nature of santa and how santa no. is befuddled and past his prime and really needs to retire?
0: No, because I, I did actually really like that. Because there's a, there's a house, basically, of soon-to-be Santa, current old Santa, and then Grandpa Santa, which is Billy Nye, and, and that was fun um yep. grandpa yeah and, and
2: billy knight and, I, and it, yeah old retired grand santa being just like oh your new technology i did it with a sleigh and reindeer and i've got a map here oh what's this and it's like it's toronto dumbass <laughs> he's <laughs> like it's <laughs> not on my map from 400 years ago
3: yeah, yeah i don't think people want necessarily are looking for a lot of um new ground to be covered and they're their holiday movies, so yeah. I think.
0: If you watch as many as I I'm do, not,
3: yeah, I mean, you I think approach it from a different perspective. But it's
0: it, people it, it's not bad. I just actually
3: like kind of want the opposite. I. Think. It's
0: not bad. It's just like everything else I've seen them do is like highly original and like mm. uh you know. Had I not, if I wasn't so knowledgeable about Christmas stuff, it, it would knowledge is me.
3: a curse. I
0: know. But it, as long as Diana, like, I, I, it's it I didn't do very well at the box office, so I would, like, prefer it find fans because I love this studio and would prefer them keep making movies. Yeah. I'm and-
2: just, I was kind of surprised then because I was expecting that the message is, like, Christmas lives in your heart or whatever. It's like, it's so important to believe in Santa no matter what. And it's, like, in the end, it's kind of actually about, like, this fucked up family and yeah. how they don't relate to each other.
0: And, and one and, person can make a difference.
2: Yeah. And yeah, obviously one person can make a difference because after they do an awesome job of Christmas, there's one present that got missed and then fail son of Santa, James McAvoy has to decides to go off on his own and he's going to deliver it no matter what. And oh. most of the movie is him getting off in the wrong direction or having problems with the, the sleigh with grandpa and just, yeah, shenanigans ensue. They end up surrounded by lions <laughs> and, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, <laughs> they're constantly going the wrong. They go to the wrong address, and it's just they keep fucking up.
0: And and have bizarre reindeer technology. Sometimes that gets to me, and and, and sticks in my craw when they're like, "Don't over-explain the physics behind Chris's kids. Don't fucking need." That.
2: They have they, magic that they put on the reindeer. I,
0: well, and other things that they can put on anything. Yeah. Which opens up a whole new can of worms. And why don't you put the magic on a plane? You're already rich.
2: I don't know why I was expecting it to just not. I just wasn't going to be feeling it. It's just be like, fine, that's fine. It's like, oh, it has the, just the idea of like, yeah, know when to pass the torch. He believes in his dad as infallible and his not. And like the coping with that is like, well, there's something you don't see every day. Not just that your dad is fallible, but Santa. Yeah. Santa has lost the plot. He doesn't care that he didn't de- deliver that one toy. He's just he fine. It off. Just brushes it off. Just no, no, no. It's a rounding error. It's, it's fine. I'm befuddled. I'm confused. Can really? I go to bed
3: now?
0: <laughs> I, I should point out critics are on Diana's side. This critically did really well. And I definitely
3: thought this was that Vince Vaughn live action.
0: Fred Claus?
3: Fred right. Claus. Yeah. <laughs>
0: with fucking paul Giamatti santa delivering all the goddamn presents for no (laughs) respect or compensation
2: i thought it was gonna be like that yeah and no actually i mean because it didn't do great at the box office it seems Mm -hmm. like it's starting to be added to people's rotation so yeah yeah, if you're into you know christmas movies for kids i think you'd be pleasantly surprised i I shouldn't
0: shit on it so much because it isn't it's not derivative of anything it was capable of ripping off at the time it's not. It, it is a wholly original thing. They they started and created on their own. There's no way they saw a Disney special from. Eleven months ago, because this thing was in production for two years, and they didn't—they definitely didn't see Noel, which came out nine years later. Right. um, And also,
2: it's almost a corporate thing too. Like, mm -hmm. there's almost criticism of corporations, and that Santa is the figurehead of this corporation, and every—he does almost nothing, and everyone else works super, super hard. And then when it's over, he's like, "I did such a great job. Look Mm. at what a great job I did. I'm going to keep doing this." And everyone's like, "No, (laughs) you have to work three times as hard to prop your." ass up. I, I was not expecting and and oh yeah and because this jim broadbent he gives a great performance and i feel bad for him in the end loved it
0: oh okay uh and then oh diana i'm gonna need you for this one
2: all right
1: like
0: crack, uh, crack the knuckles <laughs> here we go penelope Sunshine. and miller james cromwell john goodman bernice bejo uh, and Jean, oh boy, how do you say that?
2: It was Berenice Peugeot and Jean Dujardin.
0: Jean Dujardin, who looks exactly like his name sounds. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for the artist. <laughs> Come on, that's kind of funny. <laughs> it's a great way to tell a story. You really can't take your eyes off it. It's simple, great filmmaking. Winner Golden Globe
1: for
3: Best Picture.
0: This truly is a great film. Whatever era.
3: It's powerful. It's about the magic of movies and it's about how movies are timeless. On the top 10 list of over 200 critics nationwide. Beautiful, intense Hollywood love story. And now it's been nominated for 10 Academy Awards, including Best Actor, Best Director, Best Supporting Actress, and Best Picture of the Year. I think it's a movie for everybody.
0: It's movie magic. That's where it all happens. It's such a weird promo because... Well, what else
2: are we going to do? Because Mm -hmm. we're working in audio and this is a silent film. Yes. So every ad is either just going to be images and music over it, or we got to go with this one. Finally, John Goodman will tell you what it is.
3: I wish John Goodman would tell me what every movie is, honestly. True. Yeah. Why it's not?
0: True. Uh, she's in love with a werewolf and a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good John Goodman? No. Okay. No, not uh, really, but I get it. The oddest. It won Best Picture?
2: It won Best Picture. Yeah,
0: okay. Our yeah. Best Picture winner right here. The...
2: Yep. The, the first black and white movie since 1960. Fully black and white. Sorry, okay. wow. I
0: You got color. I was gonna say I watch this on Netflix, but I'm looking right now. You can watch this free on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, uncut. Jerks. Yeah, there's so much. I, I I I don't know how to retread the ground of what I said about Hugo. Like some. Yeah. But, but like I fell asleep watching this, and then I tried to remember stuff, and it's like, well, did I watch that or did I dream it? It's <laughs> a really nice quality the movie has that it has a dreamlike quality to it. I I go back and forth just because, you know, when we do this stuff, sometimes I have a laptop open. I'm taking notes I I get distracted. But you can't really get distracted by the artist. And then sometimes I found myself like, oh, is this working for me? And then they do something like way out of the ordinary that no silent film could have ever done. Or no movie cinematographies that could never happen back in the silent movie era. That it's like genuinely amazing. It's not just a throwback. It's something like really pretty now.
2: Yeah exactly yeah not a movie you can look at your phone while you're watching because no. it's silent it is all told visually yes, there are yes. actually not that many title cards yeah. for dialogue there's just oh. enough and that's part of the point is like you can do this it, yeah tying in with hugo perfectly that you can do this film as a visual medium and mm-hmm. you can tell so much story my dog is so pissed off because yeah. <laughs> he wants me to mention uggy the dog uggy the dog is awesome yeah, it's yeah
1: like,
0: how you, you tell, tell a story with editing and facial expressions like yeah it's amazing
2: yep so it is about a big screen actor in the silence in like circa 1927 who is kind of he's pretty much douglas fairbanks he's a douglas fairbanks type guy and then when movies start transitioning to sound he is now out of a job and he's very proud and very self-centered and he can't cope with the idea that like you can just stop being a star this fast without having done anything (laughs) what And, you know, his marriage falls apart. I was happy to see Penelope Ann Miller that we just talked about in other people's money. And she's popping up like, oh, okay. And, yeah, he falls on harder and harder times where this girl that was like a fan of his is, you know, coming up that she actually can do talkies and becomes much more popular. This movie pairs with Singing in the Rain so fucking well Mm -hmm. because they tell very, very similar stories. I think a lot of that is intentional. So, if you need that primer on silence moving into sound pictures, Singing in the Rain is actually a really good quick lesson in how that worked. Of like,
0: and an amazing film. I'm not like, even the biggest musical like the fan best I love musical it. of all time. I love it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the best musical of all time, but mm-hmm. it's also like it tells a basic story of like, yeah, silent actors almost out of nowhere, they had to adapt or die and a lot of them ended up you know losing huge careers because it was just like it's a different style of acting it's a different skill set you know and recording sound is a big china pain in the ass back then
0: no one wants to hear hayseed accent
2: yeah i want to hear your dumb accent or if you got kind of a high voice or yeah and uh, the the accent issue becomes the punchline of this movie in that there are three lines of spoken dialogue at the end and we find out Why couldn't this guy transition to talkies? Why
0: couldn't couldn't Jean himself transition to other movies? I was, I had it in my notes. I was like, I wonder if Martin Scorsese was mad that like a similar tribute to the art of film came out so close to Hugo. Like, oh yeah, the only other movie I've seen this lead in is Wolf of Wall Street. So obviously Martin Scorsese loved the artist because he has a significant role in uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, and
2: that's I I do find interesting that when a foreign movie hits so hard, because this is technically, it's French filmmakers, French stars, Mm -hmm. even though they're doing a lot of their dialogue in English, if you like lip read, Mm -hmm. you realize they're not doing it in French, even though they could if they
0: wanted to. Especially John Goodman.
2: Especially John Goodman. (laughs) That they, like, right after this, Jean Dujardin, who does win Best Actor, and he is great in this he does a thing for funny or die about like, well now obviously my career means I have to play villains in Hollywood movies <laughs> and has him auditioning for like, no, Ethan Hunt, now you have to die. Or no, the Smurfs. Now you have to die. <laughs> <laughs> and that, yeah, he just hasn't done that. It's like, he's shown up in a couple Hollywood movies, but mostly it's just like, nah,
0: I do not want to leave France.
2: Yeah. Just keep, keep working on it. Then uh, same with uh, Michelle. I always get this wrong. Hasana Vicious, the writer director, hmm. who, His two previous movies, I have hyped on this show pretty big with these same stars, the OSS-117 movies, the 60s 60s spy parodies, OSS-117, Cairo, Nest of Spies, and Lost in Rio, which are both so much fun. But him just deciding like, no, I want to make the ultimate throwback. Mm -hmm. I am going to study how, you know, filmmaking techniques of the 20s and 30s, and I am going to make it look like it's a 20s and 30s film, but not feel like it. It still feels like fun and modern. Yeah. Damn he did a good you job.
0: You don't have to worry about like film grain and like silly irises. There's some good irises in this film. There's some silly but... irises. And mm. it's
2: it's shot square. It's not widescreen. Yeah. It'll look good on any TV because mm-hmm. it's it's old school ratio. Yeah. I I was trying to think, like, okay, obviously this is built for me mm-hmm. personally. I appreciate that. There's even a music cue from Vertigo. But how are other people going to feel about it? Non-film mm. nerds. Like Are they going to... I feel like they're going to understand generally.
0: Because that's that's the thing. Like, like film critics who are still predominantly in newspapers right now get this real hard. But it's like, mm -hmm. I think if this came out now where most critics are younger online, like and don't have a frame of reference for the non-talkies, I don't know if the reverence would be even anywhere near what it was 10 years ago.
3: I don't know. I I did not see this, but I feel like the reason it did hit so hard and that people probably liked it, it went... I mean, mainstream enough to win Best Oscar, uh, is that I think it made people feel like they were learning something but not in a boring way i mean it hmm. makes you kind of feel like oh i know about silent films now because <laughs> uh, guess what everyone i liked the artist maybe if mm-hmm. you're not a film person if you're not a film nerd and you and you don't know much about that era but you liked the artist i think that makes them feel kind of good kind of chuffed you know yeah
0: but mm-hmm. also and it's, it's hollywood pretty... loves a movie about itself oh god yeah always
2: yeah but it's also like it's a nice study of one person and his you know pride goeth before the fall and then bottoming out and accepting help and coming back and then there's a cool musical number that they had to practice for like five months to do because none of these people are actual that (laughs) dancers god (laughs) damn yeah and also it's so weird when people will just pop up you're like is that malcolm mcdowell yeah (laughs) wait a minute is that that joel murray (laughs) for like Wait, what? And it's so weird to see, yeah, like John Goodman. It's like I, you can kind of hear his voice in your head. I saw oh, trailers
0: yeah. and all the Oscar clips, and like I still had no idea John Goodman was in this movie. Like, no idea. Yeah.
2: and James Cromwell mm-hmm. or Missy Pyle. It's like, but that's a that's what's her name. Wow, I love Missy Pyle. I didn't know she was alive in the 30s. <laughs>
0: I feel so old. I grew up watching Silence with my parents and grandparents. My grandfather being like a big fan of uh, the comedies, and my dad as well. So, like, uh, and then as an adult, I still keep a shitty streaming cable thing so I can watch Silence Sundays, even though I don't think TCM does that every Sunday anymore. Hmm. They do, it's like at 2 a.m. But, like, I, I, I like this movie, obviously, but I just, I'm very, I really wonder what a modern, 10 years later, what people would think of it. It just, it does feel bizarre for this to win Best Picture, I think. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. If I had to guess, I probably would have thought it would be Hugo, especially out of the two of these. Because
0: mm-hmm. they're, oh, they're they're, you know, they're love going letters to,
2: the, to early cinema. They're yeah. trying
0: to hit the same G spot, like both films, and uh, they both do a very good job. I just, I yeah, I probably prefer Hugo. And I, before I hadn't seen these movies like back to back, so I, I have a more complicated feeling about the artist. It did give us. One of the funniest images ever. I think Brian Posehn named his next album "The Fartest," and it's just the <laughs> cover of this this poster. <laughs> it still makes me laugh. It's so it's dumb. It's wonderfully it's dumb. So silly. Yeah, to, a team of people had to write that, draw that, the fartest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but also that like uh, I haven't seen anything from these people again.
2: Yeah, they've done some stuff.
0: Definitely, I, I've even looked it up, but it just like it didn't have mainstream appeal. It just kind of like hit over here because you know. Hollywood likes a blowjob. Yeah, then... <laughs>
2: true. Yeah, pretty much. I think really it's that they everybody went back to France and kept doing what they were doing mm-hmm. instead of trying to go super Hollywood and mainstream. Uh, this... And I, I respect that. I'm just like, yeah, mm-hmm. no, I I don't want to make as even Marvel out of movies. Uh,
0: don't worry. I don't think <laughs> Marvel would be poaching... Anybody on, from this project.
2: So I'm I'm interested to see like in comments what people had to say. Like, do you think this is too artsy fartsy for you, or is this, you know, accessible if you're not every time, a giant film nerd who like knows about John Gilbert's career.
0: Every time I felt like it was getting fartsniffy, it did something I it did something kind of incredible and fun and like something a silent movie would have loved to do and couldn't do. Mm. And and has a pretty grotesque depiction of natives that <laughs> In, wow. in a silly sequence but uh but just yeah but it's authentic to the time that's how it it's looks it's
2: authentic right? to the time and I, I let me give this caveat right now nothing bad happens to the dog okay because Thank there's you. A, there's an adorable dog in this and I, when i was watching it in the theater i was like they're going to get cheap sentiment by doing something bad to that dog and i'm not having it and he's a hero throughout nothing that's bad sense. happens to the dog he's adorable and i love him so much wow.
0: Wow! Oh, my goodness. All right. Yeah, it's the first silent movie to win the Oscars since a 1927 movie Wings. It's the first four-by-three square (laughs) aspect ratio movie to win since From Here to Eternity in 1953. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And like Diana said, it's it's the first black-and-white movie to win since Schindler's List.
2: Yeah. And... uh, but it's like this. Both get an asterisk because this does have a line of dialogue in it, or three lines of dialogue, really. So it's not fully silent. And Schindler's List has a part with color at the end, so it's not fully black and white. Oh, so, right. so I remember asterisk. the Oscar clip
0: spoiled the sound sequence, which is pretty amazing if you don't oh. if you don't know it's coming, because it, it it's pretty jarring if you've been it's watching.
2: Really <laughs> jarring. i would forgotten about it, and yeah, but... it came out. I was like, what?
0: Yeah, and I remember like when he, when I think it was his Best Actor Oscar and and John something, and it was just the one part of the movie where there's a shitload of sound and like you're presenting this poorly. <laughs> you should yeah. not you should not show that sequence out of context. Anyway, the artist is out this week and critics are all over it. Any TV at all?
3: Couldn't find anything really. Yeah. Some weeks it. be like that.
0: Some weeks be like that unless you want to hear about all the fantastic choirs that were going down mm.
3: uh,
0: in, in 2011. Live
2: from the Crystal Cathedral. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Last and very leastly, we have the video games of 2011. Oh my god, this is like so incredibly small. F1 2011 for 3DS and a, a game I love but it's very rare that an iOS game is like leading the charge of our most notable new release in video games. Infinity Blade 2. A cleverly designed... Mm punch-out clone in the Unreal Engine with transfixing vis- visuals and stories. I loved, 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 loved Infinity Blade, the best iPhone games I've ever played. We're going to tell you who lived and died during this period, including a quiz where we uh, go toe-to-toe to try and figure out who was born during this period of 302010. but let us rattle off some information for you, like uh, you can support us at patreon.com slash laser time, like all those other beautiful people who do so. Five bucks is all we ask, less or more if you feel like it. Um, And we'll try and give you a bunch of stuff in return, including this Thanksgiving. We're over the holidays, so we will not leave you in want for podcasts. Uh, Thank you guys so much for your support. Cannot thank you enough. There'll be a new episode of Laser Time this week, thanks to Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Parez, who wanted to talk about live-action anime adaptations after the whole Cowboy Bebop thing. Mm -hmm. And I was pretty shocked to learn there are 10 Western versions of those, and that's kind of it. Japan does it all the time, but there are 10 to speak of. America hasn't tried it as often as you think, because it's just usually controversial or shitty. A Game Apocalypse, of course, is out this week. I know we're talking about something with Pokemans, probably bitching about some current events, but we'll also have some evergreen feature you're sure to love no matter what depth you're in in games. Uh, it's kind of open to everybody. We play everything and almost nothing that's trendy and... <laughs> controversial, so please enjoy video Apocalypse every Friday, wherever you listen to podcasts. night
2: well, they can follow me on the Twitter at Listen A Nerd L E C I N E N E R D or follow the show at 302010 Podcast. That's 302010 Podcast. Coming up next week, we have the last good Star Trek movie what? of the original cast in particular. Oh, I love it. Uh, that's kind of underrated, and we have a double shot of George Clooney, one of them. He's in Hawaii, and he's failing horribly. And one of them, he's in Las Vegas, and he's going to get a crew together.
3: Wow. Yeah. Those are both great oh, movies. Yeah! Oh, yeah! Both great.
2: Also, I think probably the best Futurama episode. Just throwing that out there,
0: too. Okay. okay. Whoa. Cannot wait. Mm-hmm. Cannot wait. Letron. I- Love the way George Clooney runs in sandals. Uh, it's really funny. <laughs> it's
2: pretty <laughs> funny. It's like, I'm sorry, is he afraid of Matthew Lillard? <laughs> yes. Yes, he Shaggy? is. Shaggy? oh great
0: well who died during this period uh
2: well in 1991 we lost ralph bellamy who is 87 that name probably doesn't ring a bell but he is one of the old greedy bastards in trading places bringing it all around he was in movies back to the fucking 30s
0: he is the guy who he's half of the duo who makes trading places and coming to america part of a shared universe correct they're both in that movie yeah
2: yep But, I mean, yeah, he was in My Girl Friday back in 1940, man. It's crazy. And then in 2011, we lost director Ken Russell, who was 84. I already talked about The Devils and Tommy. And got another one of his coming up in Classic Corner, too. Very strange man. Strange man. And then... like, not even half his age, we lost Patrice O'Neill, who there was is. 41.
0: Patrice O'Neill is one of the best comedians <sighs> to ever live. I have yeah. never so good. Uh, been so entertained by somebody I disagreed with pretty vehemently from time to time. But his perspective <laughs> on life was incredibly u- unique. And I have very rarely tuned into something that was airing on regular television uh, this year. But I think, I want to say Kevin Hart and Bill Burr produced this documentary about him. Called "Killing Is Easy" and it yeah. doesn't sugarcoat anything. He's if you've never heard his story about going to jail when he's little, like it's one of the most fucked up stories I've ever heard in my life. But oh, wow. imagine being a young man and black man in Boston accused of rape you didn't commit and how <laughs> what 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 ends up happening with that shit. Um, I really like the guy. His special elephant in the room came back into circulation because of the documentary. So I. Very rarely use my DVR. I bink, bink, make sure I never not see these. I love Patrice O'Neill so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, love Tough Crowd. Love him in Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> he's he's very, very missed. We all miss dearly the Pepsi Cola Rapist. I didn't even know this was happening, and I think I watched his roast last week, which somehow surfaced online recently. Hmm. It's horrible quality, but if you want to see the funniest thing Cash Cab's Ben Bailey has ever done, <laughs>
2: uh, it,
0: it is it's in that roast and wonderful.
2: Now that we've talked about who's gone, whose birthday is it? Blah
0: well, blah birthdays! Oh, birthday is a doodly-doo, a ding-dong-doodly-dooly-ding-dong-doo. Birthday. birthday time.
2: All right, are you ready?
0: You ready to get birth, Sarah? I'm
2: ready. Put am going that okay. All right, this is going to be a toss-up. Let's see how we go. Turning 40, 40 this week, born Ooh. December 2nd, 1981 in Makeham, Mississippi. Younger she started dance lessons when she was three, trained in gymnastics, seriously. When she was eight, she was assigned to a talent scout, moved to New York. She was an understudy in a Broadway show, and then appeared on Star Search.
0: No fair. Britney Spears.
2: It is Britney Spears. Motherfucker! I did not know that that was going to line up like that. Yeah. The same week she turned 10, we talked about her. No fair. Oh. Anyway, uh, then she auditioned for Lou Pearlman, who was forming a girl group, but then got pitched a record label as a solo act. She was rejected by three of them, saying people wanted groups. Quote, there was not going to be another Debbie Gibson or a Madonna.
0: Wow. Oh. No, no, never.
2: Come on. Yep. She threaded that needle, bitch. And I'm
0: not even following music, but even the Super Bowl tells me that's not true.
2: <laughs> Since then, she's had six number one albums and has sold more albums than Eric Clapton, Prince, and the Backstreet Boys. Wow. What? Yeah. yeah. Happy 40th birthday, Bertie. And she's spirit. only splitting I'm it one way.
3: 40th oh. Birthday for her.
0: Yeah. Yep. You go, Brittany. I should have won that one. Unbelievable. I was going to say Mandy Moore, but <laughs> it's been a minute it. since I won,
3: so I feel Yeah, it's
0: good. true. I shouldn't it's... rub it in your face too much. Congratulations, oh. Sarah. He says, oh, Gentlemen, thanks. in defeat as always, I'll, oh. I'll kill you next time. I will burn <laughs> your life. Wow. <laughs> All right, but with that out of the way, we are officially closing another episode of 302010. Enjoy your holidays, your Thanksgiving holidays, uh, unless you're Native American and I welcome you to fume. But uh, try and enjoy yourself with uh, friends, family, or loved ones. Really is, I'm really happy this time has come again because I need yep. it now more than ever.
2: Or if your loved ones are pieces of shit, Enjoy not spending any time with them at all. Yes, I, I did
0: ten years Feels doing. Free. I did ten years doing orphans Thanksgiving, and that was almost just as good. A bunch of people who may not even know each other that well getting together to cook for one another in lieu of family members. Mm-hmm, that can mm-hmm. be great too.
3: Also, if you don't have any of that, go to the movies. Hell yeah, that was my favorite thing to do. Yep. On the we are going to
0: the shooting location of Creature from the Black Lagoon and eating in a. Uh, a lodge that is over 100 years old. That's, I could not be happier with my Thanksgiving. Let us know yours or don't. 302010, com. Patreon dot patreon.com slash uh, laser time. That's the most important one. We love you. Lots of new stuff this week. What are we closing out with?
2: I thought we had to close out with George Harrison's biggest fricking banger of a solo song. Absolutely. All Things Must Pass is an awesome album, mm-hmm. but what is life, which I was introduced to by Goodfellas. I admit it. Is it it's like one of the best fucking songs ever. I, I
0: love know. this song. Well, good fellas. I will love it. I'm going to have trouble. It's, it's got
2: that guitar riff, man. The second it kicks in, you're going to look for the black helicopters and everything.
0: Jump my sea lord
3: is also so good.
0: Yes. Yeah. And on my guardians, the galaxy final. I don't know who bought me that. Like That's such an odd song to be on here. And I'm very happy about it. Yeah. Hari <laughs> Krishna, George. RIP George Harrison. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week.